So we're very excited to have you, uh, Lars Ereglund. Uh, mm. Welcome. Thank you. So for people who don't know who Lars Ereglund is, uh, what can you tell them? Um, well, I'm uh, 52 years old um, and I uh, am a father of three, uh, including a dog. Um, so that's a three plus dog, and then uh, I live just outside of Oslo. Uh, my I work here in in Vedeke, uh, where my title is uh, Executive Vice President of Strategy and uh, Sustainability, which is a mouthful. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been working here for about six years, uh, and I think I think the reason that you invited me here is basically because I've been open about my struggles with my mental health. Correct. I think I, th <laughs> I thought it was very, uh, very admirable what you did that mm -hmm. you talked, talked openly about uh, depression. Mm -hmm. uh, so and also man in 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 your in 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 your position uh, and sector, it's not very common that people do that mm -hmm. because there's a lot of stigma and taboo. Mm -hmm. So 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 that is correct. Mm -hmm. So if we want to jump straight into that, uh, can you? Can you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, why you decided to be open about it? Yeah, decided is a harsh word. I, th I, I wonder whether or not I decided to be. I, I felt obliged to, to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, uh, I've been, I've been feeling like this for a kind of very long time. I think in my entire professional career, I can, mm -hmm. I can kind of sense the feeling of being depressed. Um, yeah. And um, so I, so I, uh, it, it, it actually kind of became more serious, more pronounced during the pandemic, uh, the last year. So uh, for a year ago, I talked to a very good friend of mine that, that was open uh, about his own depression and his own struggles. Mm -hmm. And we uh, spent a lot of time talking about it. And mm -hmm. he said that, well, he actually said that he, he felt like he, could control the narrative when he was able to be uh, kind of take control of the narrative himself when yeah. he published his story. And this is one of the things that I think uh, a lot of us are afraid of is that we are being exposed of being depressed at some time. Mm -hmm. So the risk was always that, that I was afraid that someone was going to say, ah, Lars Eric is depressed and mm -hmm. then, and then make a big deal out of it. Yeah label you exactly yeah. um so so so, so uh, i wrote and I, I wrote a text uh, i think that's now it's probably a year ago i wrote a text where i said that well this is this is how i am and i sent it over to a, a friend of mine which she's a psychologist and i asked her what she thought of it the text that's basically the text that i, that I published mm -hmm. and she was very clear that, that this is something that you need to share mm -hmm. And so I wasn't ready for it. You. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she, she yeah. said uh, this, this is something that probably many people feel the same as you do. But I was ashamed of, of publishing it. Mm. And then in March, uh, previous uh, earlier this year, uh, I was uh, informed that, that Vaideke was going to have like their HSC week, mm -hmm. uh, like safety and yeah. health. And normally Vaideke does these... Uh, weeks where they focus on wearing the helmet right or making sure that everything is proper on, on the construction site and like the physical things. Uh, but this time they had decided to actually talk about mental health and being open about mental health and, and asking people how they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
and my role uh, in Veidekke uh, kind of puts me in front of a lot of people talking about this yeah. um, and I just felt that I couldn't do that without actually being open about my own struggles yeah so I published it on on in August and I was uh, I was very kind of uh, uh, deliberate about how I did it I wrote a very kind of clean uh, text and yeah. I published it on all the platforms I could think of making sure that I, I, I was I was terrified that people wouldn't read it or they would say that it was kind of it didn't matter any yeah. and then uh, I was extremely surprised uh, the week after and seeing the, the, the kind of traction it got on, on social media yeah so so that I, I, I've been spending a lot of time uh, since then mm -hmm. actually talking about uh, mental health at work and, yeah. and talking about my own depression but but more more I actually kind of more talking about how how workplaces are creating a, uh, should kind of work to create a good mental health rather than actually creating uh, depression and, and, and overwork or mm -hmm. um, like burnout syndromes and, yeah. and that sort of things. Yeah. I see. And and if we could go a little bit back in time, mm -hmm. um, um, so. Uh, so you did you grow up in Norway or mm -hmm. did you grow up in another country? No, I, I grew up in Norway. I had I, I had my my kind of my bout in in, in the U.S. Uh, when my dad uh, went to study in at Stanford. Uh, mm -hmm. Me and my brothers and my mother went with him to to stay a, a year in Sunnyvale, California. Yeah. So that 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 year that when I was two years old, I can't remember anything about it. Um, so. Uh, that's that's the only thing but but the rest of the is pretty normal upbringing in norway yeah. with a normal school normal normal things to do normal mm -hmm. education mm. yeah you miss your time in the usa i have an affinity for the us i have an affinity <laughs> for for american football and, yeah. and, and and the sorts of kind of the holidays mm. types of holiday they have and so i so i've, I've um, i still have an affinity for for a lot of the us stuff yeah mm. And your childhood and, and teenage years, yeah. how, how how were they? Well, what uh, what were they composed of? <laughs> I, I think I think they were pretty normal. Um, when people often I, say I, normal, it's, yeah, because <laughs> it, 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 it's it's hard to say that it's something different. But yeah. but I uh, I grew up with two brothers, one yeah. older and one younger. Yeah. Um, I told my psychologist that I that I I didn't want to talk about. I didn't want to analyze my, my childhood because no. it was perfect. And my mm -hmm. I, my psychologist was just. Ah, a perfect uh, childhood. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> I see. So, so I, I, I think I probably have the same sort of uh, yeah. a lot of the same issues. But I, I I've learned a lot the last uh, kind of six months about uh, what sort of things that you bring with you from your childhood that you mm -hmm. didn't think of. Yeah. Um, so. You, I understand that you probably spend time as a kid and you're very impressionable and then start yeah. getting kind of feelings and thoughts are connected and, and then you make some automatic kind of adjustments to your, mm -hmm. how you perceive the world. Yeah. So, But I can say, I, I really can't say whether or not it's my childhood or whether or not it's no. some, something event, some event during my, my youth that, that yeah. actually produced the way I am today. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm... I'm extremely interested and very motivated on on on, on seeing how how a mind actually evolves into the mind I have. Mm -hmm. um, so that is, uh, it's been a, a, a six months of reading a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
So, so when someone might ask you about the childhood, you you might perhaps think that some person is trying to find causes. Mm -hmm. yeah, or, sure. yeah, okay, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, and then so, you, and then they feel then they feel kind of you feel bad for your parents or yeah. or brothers yeah. and, and or or any other one yeah. that yet you had their childhood with. Yeah. I, I see, I see. So, but but good that you good that you mentioned. <laughs> but but uh, in like in general, as as I agree with you in a way that. I don't often think it's a specific event mm. or it doesn't have to be no one's fault mm. but I, I think upbringing or experiences are important mm. or irregardless of, of how they of how they lead mm. to to mm. some conditions later mm. in life it's, it's mm. interesting though that 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 the kind of the child the, the way you perceive a childhood as a child is that it's uh, when when you grow older you see it as one event yeah. like childhood is like mm -hmm. one event yeah. And then you then you become a father yourself, and you see how many times you actually interact with your kids, and how many times you actually can screw them up, <laughs> like like yeah. being angry or 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 getting overly yeah. excited about something something, or yeah. or criticizing them for the wrong things, or mm. actually motivating them for the wrong things, and then they obviously, I mean, I, I you don't you don't think of yourself as so impressionable as a kid, I think. Mm. But as an adult, you see how impressionable they are, how 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 long they are willing to go to actually make sure that they satisfy satisfy their parents' like mm -hmm. wishes, and yeah. and so that's uh, yeah. that's scary, yeah, really, yeah. And and now you have three children. How old are they? I have a uh, son that's twelve years old, and then I have two grown-up kids. One is uh, two girls. One yeah. is uh, in Bergen yeah. uh, studying. Uh, Bergen, she's 21, and then uh, another uh, girl that's uh, just finished high school, mm -hmm. she's 19. Yeah. And uh, your choice of career and education, mm -hmm. what did you end up choosing to study? Why did I end up choosing like in Norges Handelshøyskole in Bergen? This, I'm sorry, uh, Håkon, uh, my brother. I, 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 Håkon well, is your brother. Yeah, he's uh, my older brother. When yeah. I when I finished uh, high school, I didn't do well at all. Yeah. I, I was I I think uh, uh, when you're Rus uh, in Norway, you basically yeah. make your decision whether or you, you want to go to to university mm -hmm. or any other college or anything. And I I my grades weren't good enough for anything. Uh -huh. So I basically that summer I decided that well, I'm gonna do carpentry or anything else like yeah. like manual labor mm -hmm. and then my mother asked me whether or not i wanted to actually see if i could go to a private school to see if i can improve my grades enough to to mm -hmm. get a higher education yeah I said okay i'll, I'll do that like yeah. so i took 19 sub 19 subjects uh, at night school yeah. uh, one year yeah and i improved my grades so i have straight six yeah. all over yeah and a a student yeah. um and when I asked my brother where I should go, I wanted to be an architect, and he said, "Well, that's you know your grave, your tomb, your gravestone. It's cooler if it says managing director than <laughs> if it says like an architect. architect. So you should go to Hansenskolen. So I uh, went to Hansenskolen. Yeah, yeah, I see. So, so and <laughs> I don't know. I that, that, that it's a fun story though. Yeah." Yeah, he visualized it on the, yeah, on the, yeah. on the stone. Yeah. But it, he's maybe right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But maybe, maybe who knows in the future? Maybe the stones will be digital. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so so and then then uh, after hunter schooling, did you did you soon discover that you liked managing people and 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 building companies up? No, no, no. I <sighs> I, I I went from job to job. It's basically not a planned kind of ascend into the role I have today. It's no. I I I started out uh, working uh, in a small gold mining company, which on the listed on the stock exchange here in Oslo, mm -hmm. and was quickly very fond of of, of uh, working with investor relations and talking to investors about the equity story of the, the company I worked for. Yeah. And then I I moved on there to actually do a lot of advisory within investor relations and financial communications. Mm -hmm. Started up my own business in. In 2005, together with uh, three colleagues, yeah. uh, the company still exists, and, and worked there for about 10 years. And then I was uh, uh, recruited to Equinor. Yeah. And after a couple of years in Equinor, I was recruited here to, to take over the role here as uh, the executive vice president of communications. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after a couple three or four years here within within this role uh, my affinity towards uh, strategy was had, had been involved enough to, to take over that role yeah mm. well, since you mentioned that it wasn't a plan did you just feel that one thing led to another yeah, yeah, is yeah. that is that yeah, something yeah. you like to do that that uh, no i would i would i would love to be more or, or my mind would love to be more kind of planned yeah. like you have a plan for mm -hmm. every step you do but i don't no i'm not uh, i haven't have, yeah. i've never no, and how was uh, having a family and and uh, building a career at the same time? No, that's a that, um, that's a good question, and I think it was, it's a painful question because I think uh, I think that, uh, I was asked a question the other day whether or not I where would I where would I be if I weren't depressed? Um, and I can say without a doubt that I wouldn't be an executive vice president of any company if I weren't depressed. The mm -hmm. drive to actually put me in this chair, yeah. to actually have this sort of career, is based on my, my anxiety towards uh, not being good enough. Mm -hmm. um, so everything I've done has basically been not feeling like I'm good enough and making yeah. sure that I produce enough. So I've, I've had weeks where I work by 70 to 80 hours, yeah. make sure that, and probably there, it's not very productive because mm -hmm. I mean, the results should probably be like 20 hours to do the, the, the yeah. product, but I, mm -hmm. I spent 70 hours being afraid that someone would kind of call me out for not being good enough for, yeah. for the work I did. And, and, um, and rationally, when you analyze it afterwards, you see that, well, the work I did was very good uh, mm -hmm. and I understand why people were attracted to that sort of work and, 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 and the abilities I have but I'm at the moment I, and in time uh, I'm, I'm not able to actually see that no so did it take you a while to realize that 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 the main driving force behind working a lot was was this belief that you weren't good enough or, or did it gradually Come no, to you it's, it's, it's gradually kind of been become clearer to me uh, during the last years that mm -hmm. that uh, because you you go with this I, I I I've described it for my son like a nightmare mm -hmm. um, like waking up during the morning I wake up extremely early mm -hmm. like in the middle of the night sometimes um, and are uh, I'm not able to actually get back to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, 
and and the feeling I have is like a nightmare. You feel your heart rate rate and heart is racing. You feel cold, and you, yeah. you and 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 I remember having nightmares as a kid. You could just open your eyes and see, oh well, everything is normal, and then go back to sleep. When I open my eyes, it's basically in the nightmare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm I'm. Uh, the fears that I have isn't like a monster under my bed or anything. And the fears that I have is like uh, not being able to uh, perform the way people expect of me or not being able to actually be uh, good enough for people. Um, and that goes for like professional life, friendship, everything. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that fear is it's just uh, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And does that also involve in like, like these thoughts about, about performance and work, but does it also have a spillover effect in family and you being a father? Do you have yeah. thoughts like, I'm not an, a good oh, enough yeah. father, and then... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, I th I, but I think it's, it's it's been easier professionally, and, this, and my wife will probably sign up for this, that I, it's been easier professionally to actually think that you're not good enough and just step up the game like work harder to mm -hmm. do do the job to that is uh, that you think people expect mm -hmm. uh, it's harder as a as a father um, to do that and 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 some of the times my main answer to that would be well I'm probably not good enough as a father I should step out or I should not do the work as being a father but but uh, but we stay together, and then um, I'm I'm probably never going to be a perfect dad uh, or a perfect husband. But I'm I, th I think uh, I think spending a lot of time thinking about it this uh, has done some good as well. Mm -hmm. See, I, I think uh, as you as you mentioned earlier, uh, that ma many people will resonate with with. Uh, mm how you describe your your feelings and and how how your reactions to depression is so can we can we look a little bit more into um, like the symptoms you developed mm -hmm. like w when do you think it started like this this belief that you weren't good enough uh, was it back in the university or now the feeling of not being good enough i think i've had all along yeah um, i i can't date that uh, back to anything but that the struggle to actually be accepted the struggle to be uh, connected with people or, yeah. or being accepted within a group or within friends i think that struggle has been there all all my life yeah um the anxiety of not being uh, accepted i think that developed harder during the last years of my university and and even harder during when i started working mm -hmm. um did you feel that you had to put on a mask socially or do something? Oh, yeah. that, that you're looking, I, I, looking I feel like signal I, I, I have masks that I use all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, so I have, I, um, uh, call it masks or call, call it kind of roles or, or yeah. strategies for managing different situations. So I, mm. I, um, it, it's become a lot more clearer when you start thinking about what sort of things you do to make sure that you're accepted in a meeting or or that you come over and not being vulnerable for for what you actually are and struggle with. Yeah. So that's. Um, but uh, yeah, masks, uh, armors, um, <laughs> yeah. roles, anything that I can do to make sure that uh, the people they see is the people I want them to see, not the, mm. not myself. And did the thoughts like uh, like behind this uh, did they? 
did they grow stronger? Like, did you have the thoughts that you're not good enough? And did it did it snowball into yeah. something that you're awful? Or why did you yeah, do it's, this? It's contempt, or... contempt, and and yeah. and like uh, like your your whatever you call it. I, in, uh, I know the word in Norwegian, but your your feeling or yourself, uh, mm -hmm. like the so the, the the contempt part is 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 very harsh. Um, and I can I can resonate with people having like uh, eating disorders, mm -hmm. looking at themselves in the mirror and see, like seeing a fat people, yeah. uh, fat person, and then and yeah. then doing everything they can to reduce or control the yeah. the calories. I I see the same, but I don't see a, a fat. I just see someone I I despise. Yeah. Uh, and that that's developed harder over time. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the, your self feeling or uh, the, the, the self worth is, yeah. is very low. But I, I can have a confidence that's pretty high yeah. when I feel like I'm mastering a task mm -hmm. or yeah. mastering a situation. I can feel like the confidence is high, but it's always kind of doesn't resonate always with with uh, uh, how I look at my self worth. Mm. I see. And, and since you mentioned anxiety, was it, did it evolve in a circle that you had a contempt, you overworked and then you thought, why did I spend so much time doing this? And then you're anxious about something you didn't do or shouldn't have done or. Sure. Or, yeah. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I think I overanalyze a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, and that's, that's, that's the part of, of, of doing the kind of the, the four o'clock, uh, analytical work work in waking up at four o'clock in the morning and doing like your brain is doing all these calculations mm. and they're just wrong i mean yeah. they're just crazy crazy calculations yeah um I, one instance could be that i i know that my car is due for service uh, i haven't reported it in for service or, or or ordered the kind of service get and and i i'm i'm about to do that the next day and i woke wake up at four in the morning thinking okay this is going to cost me a fortune and then the thoughts just go up around in my head and, and then make sure that it, 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 it's like catastrophic thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, the car is going to be condemned. I can't afford to have a car, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it just increases, increases. And the feeling that kind of follows in that that thought spiral mm -hmm. is just draining. So you, yeah. you kind of get lower and lower and lower and lower. Um, so that's... Uh, that's what I'm thinking of, 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 of over analyzing. So mm. breaking that yeah. kind of that spiral is yeah. important to me. Making yeah. sure that, okay, okay, yeah. how, I, I, I've, I've done that previously because you're, you're very narcissistic when you do that, like that spiral thing. So, um, so breaking out of that and, and looking at other people or looking outside just to mm -hmm. make sure that uh, you're part of a world where people don't, don't care whether or not you had your car for service or not. No. That, that sort of reality check is important to me. I see. Mm. Yeah, so the spiral, like if it begins with a car, then it's the cost, and then it leads to irresponsible father, yeah, exactly. yes, or something like that, yeah, exactly. and, and then yeah. then you sign on off of that irresponsible yeah, yeah, yeah. father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Irresponsible family, head of family, not responsible, not yeah. able to control my blah blah blah, and then you yeah. just increase it to, to and from massive there, proportions. Yeah. From there, it it goes to like. Since I'm irresponsible, shouldn't I just leave <laughs> leave the family or like? Is yeah, it, is you could that? you could probably go there, but yeah. I, but I, th I think most of the time it it, it ends at uh, the feeling yeah. being wrong. So it ends mm. being like dragged down by the feeling, yeah. and you feel depressed, and you don't want to go to work, and you don't. Yeah. Want and then you then it comes out in sleeping problems, as you mentioned. Is it is it? Do you think that you wake up early and also because of this? 
Uh, no, th th actually, the waking up early is is pretty new. Uh, it's not more than a couple of years ago. I started mm -hmm. waking up at these these hours. Um, I kind of uh, tilt the the day a bit, so I start and get to bed earlier to make mm -hmm. sure that I get enough uh, sleep. Um, and I, when if I am not able to actually uh, sleep any further, I don't kind of. I don't lie around in bed and thinking about it. I get mm -hmm. up and, and do some exercise or yeah. get out on my bike or... Yeah. When did you realize uh, that, that what you had was, uh, if we label it, uh, we depression. label it depression. When, sure. did you re and, uh, uh, when did you realize that what you had is depression? I think the, f I think the first time uh, the psychology, I, I've, I've been with this, uh, I've had a, a psychologist that, I worked with previously at kind of different points in time. Never had actually the. Until now, I've I've, I've struggled with getting a good report with with my psychologist. But I I think uh, it's probably the first time was uh, last last part of my university where someone labeled it as a depressive or de mm -hmm. an episode. Yeah. Um, and then I have had the same sort of uh, uh, diagnose uh, like. 10, 10, 12 years ago, yeah, and then uh, and then now again. Yeah, mm. I see. And when it came up, did did you uh, did you agree? Did you or did you think it uh, when it was first mentioned? Or? No, I, I I don't think I did. I think it's it's hard. Uh, one of the things that is hard with a psychologist is that you you're in a very fragile situation when you meet, so you're not on equal terms. No. So you go in there either to actually get your diagnosed, make sure, okay, depression, fine. I know, finally, I know what it is. Mm. Let's start working with it. Or you go in there and making sure that you you actually answer the questions in a way that makes sure that you don't get depression. So yeah. so the, it's it's a, you need to create kind of that very, very honest report, make mm -hmm. sure that you actually have a good conversation before you yeah. start doing the diagnose uh, tools. Yeah. Uh, Exactly, that that is very true. I think diagnostic, just for diagnostic, is is a wrong approach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So report uh, is is important. Yeah. So okay, and uh, when was it that you started to like take it? Uh, I know you always taking it seriously, but seriously in a way that you were motivated to try to to change something. When when did that start happen? Uh, that's that's the last two two years I've been kind of motivated for that, and I've tried everything like like uh, mindfulness apps and doing meditation, training, uh, eating healthier, mm -hmm. uh, working less, reading more books than uh, watching TV, all of these kind of natural things. But I, it's not until like uh, the uh, the last six months that I've been very very motivated and very kind of um, driven to actually get to the bottom of this and make sure that i didn't, I, I don't want to experience like these sorts of episodes again mm -hmm. and now it doesn't feel like an episode anymore now it feels just like kind of constantly on on the wrong side of this plus line yeah um like wearing between between minus eight and minus four on that scale mm. um so uh, so uh I want to break out of that, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and at, at least I want to make sure that I have the tools to actually manage when I feel really down, yeah. uh, and, and uh, making sure that my 
my kind of the support staff around me, like mm -hmm. my family, knows how I'm feeling. So it's it's easier to actually handle when I have these episodes that I don't want to talk to people or mm -hmm. like. So that's that's been important, being transparent about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but that, that that the last six months is is probably the. It's great to hear uh, that 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 this has developed this way. Was there any event uh, or or an emotions you went through which 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 made you think, okay, Lars Eric, okay, I I I need to work on this this way. Uh, I don't I don't know. I I think yeah I think some of the events that I had was uh, reading a book this uh, spring. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I read the book uh, Johan Haris wrote in The Lost Connections uh, that I found extremely interesting um, and it really resonated with me all the kind of lost connections with your kind of the workplace and the work you do, lost mm -hmm. connection with meaning of life, lost yeah. connection with friends. Yeah. That that resonated very much and, mm -hmm. and, and I, I suddenly kind of, it appeared to me like an epiphany that one of the things that we really crave and we need as human beings is, is belonging and, and connection. Mm -hmm. And and the things that we do to get that acknowledgement actually is the produces the exact opposite result, makes you go farther away further away from, from, from the connection that you desire. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and when I suddenly understood that it, it made sense to me that being uh, honest about who I am to myself. Yeah. first and foremost and then being honest about who i am to others was the actual kind of remedy to make mm -hmm. kind of the connection part work better mm -hmm. uh, and that I, I felt that after after i i published my story mm -hmm. um, was it was it a relief when you when you when you yeah. came out with the story and it was out there uh, yeah it's, it's <laughs> partly a relief and then my rational brain says that are you Crazy, Lars. You're kind of like a, you're a fairly unknown, like an yeah. EVP, and then now you're partly known, but you're known for being depressed. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I have to say that probably people outside and they see how many podcasts I'm at or how many kind of media articles yeah. written, they're they're getting the impression that I only do talk about depression. I don't. I, I do yeah. my kind of ninety five percent of my work here is mm. done without talking about depression at all. <laughs> mm. So yeah. that's, um, but, but, but being open about it made uh, my colleagues uh, and, and the people reporting to me, it made it easier for them to actually know who I am and, 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 and being prepared for what sort of reaction they get. Mm. So that's been a lot easier. Yeah. Mm. Have it, ha has it had any negative effect? Has it? Not so far, no? not so far. Mm. Um, uh, it's been it's been uh, the the attention uh, yeah. the, the massive attention can be draining uh, yeah. but but uh, not as not as draining as the positive effect so mm. net positive so far <laughs> so net positive mm -hmm. it's good good to hear mm. and tell me a little bit about uh, if you're willing to share of sure. course but uh, but uh, your private life uh, mm -hmm. um, how has it been for the family and and uh, your wife my wife has lived with me since like the last 20 years so mm -hmm. she's uh, she's seen kind of firsthand how i am yeah were you always so open her, with her uh yeah I, yeah I i it's hard to, i mean it's hard to kind of uh, hide when you live together mm -hmm. i think uh, i think uh, so that's and uh, that's that's one of the 
the major difficulties were not being open and not being ready to actually bring your baggage to work mm -hmm. is that you the baggage is coming home regardless of your openness or not yeah. uh, and that uh, i've said i've stayed i think i've stated that that i i wear my backpack to work i ride my bike mm -hmm. and then i take my backpack off and put it next to the kind of um, entrance and then i go to work without my backpack and then i when i when I leave for home, I put my backpack back home and, and, and come home. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a picture or, or an illustration of me actually um, having to deal with the depression at home regardless and, and my family actually having to deal with me being depressed as well. Um, and the workplace not. Uh, mm. But it, it kind of became more pronounced on the workplace as well during the last year and during the pandemic and during kind of the different kind of situations evolving. So people were noticing probably, I think that they were, they haven't told me that, uh, but noticing that I had kind of mood swings and, and uh, weren't always in a good mood. Um, and that, uh, so that kind of pushed me towards actually being open um, uh, how I felt. Yeah. But uh, the family is always kind of taking the hard hit Mm -hmm. um, and which is which is uh, yeah it's sad that, that, yeah. that's that's the way it is yeah so you talk about the hard hit do you do you um do you feel guilty about that or have you forgiven yourself or how how do you think about that today yeah, i feel guilty and uh, shameful for 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 everything but yeah your conscience takes mm -hmm. it and everything but uh, uh, I mean it's in the past I can't do yeah. much about that I can do something about the future yeah. um, so being open and being uh, uh, being able to actually take the, the, the counseling I'm getting and, mm -hmm. and um, including my, my my family and what I learn yeah. and talking about it as openly as I can in mm -hmm. a way that also kids can understand yeah. I think that's important but do you think that that uh, even though you might feel shame and guilt uh, thinking back about the family life, do you think that they might agree that it has been negative, or do you think that? Oh that yeah, I think I think I th I think they they would agree that it has been negative. Whether or not they s see me as a bad person for this being negative, I yeah. don't think. I I, I think they have tremendous. I, I mean, uh, I think we have. Uh, it's not like they. Uh, think any worse of me but I think mm. that the, the the effects of a depression is uh, is something the family has to have seen it endure. yeah do you do you then talk less at home or do you cancel fishing trips with uh, with oh, the yeah. kids or I cancel I mean, everything yeah uh, that's that's one of the kind of okay go to go to strategies is cancel it's cancel okay <laughs> yeah but I, I think I think one of the things that is difficult for for the close family is that you in a when you're depressed this is very honest uh, when you're depressed you're you're very short-sighted mm -hmm. you get kind of myopic in, in everything that you do it, it, the most important thing is that you get through the day or mm -hmm. get through the next hour yeah and then when somebody in the family wants to plan something like a week ahead or a month ahead and you're you're getting like yeah yeah whatever i don't want to talk about it um and uh and I think it's hard to actually plan for vacation during the summer 
when mm. your spouse basically has a, a, an attention span of the next few hours. Mm. Uh, so that's one of the things that that's yeah. been hard. Um, so when the family was suggesting a vacation or something, you you may be procrastinating decision or procrastinating it, pushing it forward yeah. and say, "Can we take a decision on it on next week?" Or yeah. yeah. Was there often misunderstandings, for example, between you and your wife that when you acted like this, she thought maybe you didn't care or was were no, not? No, I don't or think so. No, CG think. knew that there was a depression. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, she's uh, yeah. I yeah. think she's uh, smart enough to understand what it was. Yeah. But I don't. Uh, so at I home, don't, I don't know hmm. whether uh, you have to ask her. I guess, no. but. Uh, but at home, then you say. Uh, it's hard to plan, uh, and then you might cancel other other things. Do you talk less at home, or can people see that yeah. daddy is a little bit yeah, down you, today? Yeah, you, you kind of go into yourself. Yeah. Uh, you don't push people away, you just remove yourself from a situation, yeah. like go to bed early or... Yeah. Did uh, you then think, okay, I'm down now, I want to keep myself away from the children so I yeah. better be no, alone. No, you think or... of you think of you think that when once you're through it you go back and think, okay, I was that was kind of that sort of situation. But once while you're in while you're in it, you're you're all consumed by it. You're not actually thinking very rationally about oh mm -hmm. no now I'm depressed, I need to talk about being depressed. You're yeah. just you're you're basically are and then mm. and then everything around the like rational thoughts go into actually making yourself feeling better mm -hmm. um, I need to have a run or yeah. I need to go lie down or yeah. I need to take a kind of move, move, remove myself from this situation mm -hmm. and then um, afterwards you think okay that was probably a depressed kind of episode and, and I, sh I, I should have treated it as such mm. but uh, it, uh, it's like uh, it's a very narcissistic it's very self-centered yeah um, short-sighted and self-centered is the kind of the, the ways I can recognize being in a yeah. kind of depressive episode I, un I understand uh, that you choose to use those words I, I don't though agree that it's self-centered and narcissistic that's something else <laughs> I think it's one of the symptoms, mm. but I, I, I understand it, that some may look at it no, like but that. I, but I, I, uh, actually, yeah. actually, one of the things to break free of this mm -hmm. is actually seeing how you can help others. Yeah. And refocusing your attention, rather than actually focusing on getting better yourself, just mm -hmm. saying, oh, this is, this, is, yeah. this is it, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. And then recentering and then trying to focus on someone else and mm. how you can make those uh, around you better. better yeah. I think that to me has been the way out of this. Mm. Many people who, who suffer from the, from the, uh, in the same manner of you, mm. uh, they might develop negative behaviors or, or seeking to like uh, trying to control their reactions in, in a negative way or they might seek into gambling or drugs or something to increase the dopamine level mm -hmm. or the tension to something else. Did you develop any negative habits of alcohol or did anything like that no. also during that period? <gasps> no. Uh, well, 
kind of overly interested in cycling and mm. and 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 riding my bike is probably the worst uh, kind of um, consequence of, of uh, yeah. my indulgences. No, I haven't indulged in and uh, either drinking too much or 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 eating too much or or smoking or doing anything and gambling or anything. So that's mm. that's not been my it's not been my way. Yeah. Uh, so the. The only thing is, is like six hours rides on Saturday. That's mm. uh, that's good for me. Not uh, always good for the family. No. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Uh, so, but as you mentioned, b- uh, bike and uh, cycling as a as a positive coping sure. mechanism. Yeah. Sometimes in in situations it might be an avoidance strategy or, yeah, or yeah. Not compensatory yeah, but I, 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 strategy, but it's yeah. a positive thing in general. Yeah, yeah, come to think of it, I probably yeah. uh, the the part where kind of work has been and then kind of negative is that you use work for escape, hmm. and I think that's uh, something a lot of us do. Yeah, it's it's something because. At least for me, I, I, I like to control things. Mm-hmm. I like being in control. Um, yeah. And uh, it's easier to be in control at work where I have everything and I kind of, I can control the agenda and what I need mm-hmm. to do and not do. And yeah. um, then it is with the expectations of a family. So, so that's probably one of the things that you, a workaholic that you basically use uh, work as a uh, dopamine kick uh, mm. rather than anything else yeah uh, if we would ask your family uh, children and, and wife to mention three or four most positive <laughs> and uh, qualities you have mm-hmm. what, what, what would they say it's, yeah that's a very hard question for me to answer. I, I uh, um, I would, I would, they would probably say I'm kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. Uh, depends on the mood, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm dedicated and yeah. interested. Um, Daddy is kind and, and, and interested and dedicated in, in w- what I do. They might say that. Yeah. 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 I think I think so. And, mm-hmm. and um, we're we're a co- we're close knit family. Yeah. Uh, very private and um, but uh, I think I think uh, yeah. I, I find it hard to actually answer those that sort of questions to what other people think of me. Uh, yeah. And that goes with everyone. Yeah. Um, I have, and I, this is this is uh, and this is hard for me because I, I I I tend to treat positive criticism as kind of uh, just niceties, and then uh, when it's negative, uh, I treat it as that's the honest that's the honest uh, way of looking at it. So I can get like ten positive comments, and then one negative, and then the one negative is kind of the rule for everything else. Yeah. That that's uh, yeah. so I uh, uh, yeah I have uh, I have a hard time actually uh, analyzing or talking about what other people think of me. Yeah. Uh, and when do you think that when you when you start to think and feel a, the positive things that they might say to you, do you think your natural reaction is that you don't deserve it or that you don't deserve to think about that you're 
yeah, dedicated or do you think that's one of the reasons i don't know right now i'm thinking of all the things that uh, all the arguments for not being dedicated all the arguments for not being very kind so so that's that's kind of the way my mind works Uh, very good uh, that you're uh, sharing this, uh, and and I know I know many people will resonate with what you're saying. I think every person is is very unique, but but uh, uh, but depression is one of the largest health problem we have, yeah. and and it's a it's a real thing. Yeah. Every, every year, there ten percent of of um, population having depression. So, so I'm very happy that uh, you're so open about your experiences. So that is very, very good. Thank good you. to hear. Um, I have to ask as a psychologist. So I'm fascinated how uh, with the work you've done and and looking into yourself, and then you're looking into like that this need for belonging, and that you're uh, you're afraid that people might not like you mm-hmm. or that you're not good enough mm-hmm. um, if we skip the if we skip looking at why is it so mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. often think it's very hard there's mm-hmm. there isn't one event I think but what do you think is the is your way to overcome this to change this oh that's a good question um, I, uh, and it's hard to whether or not it's my ideas or whether or not it's things that I've read. There's a lot of books that I read that resonates with some of the meaning that I, uh, some of the things that I've said about being, about belonging. I remember I remember talking to my kids about about like birthday parties in in schools where mm-hmm. they're not included or yeah. actively excluded. I think those those two words are are used like we need to include people. In. But but uh, the sense of belonging comes from my own feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something. It's like if if a group of people were here to say we like to we like you here in our yeah. group and we'd like to make you feel welcome. Uh, the feeling of being belonging comes from me and, and mm-hmm. my my self worth. So yeah. once you actually have very low self worth or or despise yourself mm-hmm. or. It's hard to to think that you're accepted by anyone. Um, So what happened when I published my story is that uh, it's like an onion. It's it's like the depression is in the core, and then outside of the depression, there's some some part of it that uh, that I don't think I'm good enough, or that people will at some point say that well, you're being exposed for not being good enough. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, again, there's the shame of me feeling depressed. Since I've 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 grown up in the world's richest country where people are uh, very well treated, you have everything you need. Mm. Why the hell should you be depressed? So once I actually hit the publish button and saying that I was depressed, all of those two are more or less kind of it's not taken away, but it's easier to talk to and mm-hmm. talk about. And that sort of vulnerability that I've been actively trying to hide for so long. Um, opens up some new venues and opportunities to actually connect with people that I feel uh, have some of the same views that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that makes me kind of the experiment that I've done is that being open about yeah. something that you don't want to share, uh, something that 
bugs you and, and hinders you in, in being accepted actually is the strategy to be accepted. Mm. Uh, and the strategies that I've done to hide what I'm what I have inside and, and what I'm ashamed for, the strategies there to that are, I mean the strategies that I have is, is designed to to make me uh, make me into something that, that I think people would accept. Mm-hmm. But the connection and the belonging is just uh, on a very kind of it's not it's not real. Mm. So, uh, so I, one of the things that I think is important for people is to start treating depression and mental illness like any other somatic disease, mm. like uh, break your leg or or cancer or, or, or obesity else. Or, yeah. or obesity or anything else, and then mm. make sure that, that this 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 is so open that we can talk about it without shame. Yeah, uh, because um, there's there's no evidence saying that people that are depressed have less capabilities to no. do what they do or correct. So we see you, and, 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 and I find that interesting. That's that's been a, a very supporting. That's that's looking at some of the kind of the the, the high performing sports stars saying that they are depressed. Um, <laughs> Kevin Love, the basketball player, or like the the gymnast, the American gymnast. I can't remember her name. And they still perform at their best. Mm. They're still very very good basketball players, or yeah. gymnasts, or tennis yeah. players, or golf players, mm. or whatever. And I think that that's. Um, that's um, being, I think they all kind of stated that being open about it made them realize that it's easier to actually talk about it, that it's easier to connect with the people that you mm. have around you. Yeah. But I, 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 I there's, there's this like uh, connection, uh, feeling meaningful. Yeah. Uh, those sort of things are probably more important to me than, than looking backwards and mm. finding what's, what happened. Finding the cause. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think as you are describing it, uh, I think I'm very happy to hear that you're using one of your greatest capability, logical thinking, and mm-hmm. also your compassion for people and relations mm. uh, as as one of your strategy, and not thinking about what you should be doing in order to be accepted. Mm. You're doing something which which is truthful for you, and then if people will accept you for that or not, that's up to them. Yeah, and yeah. and rather than using things on what should I do to be yeah. accepted. So yeah. I think that's very well, very well put. Um, yeah. That's that's very, very well explained from you. Uh, going into the workplace, now you're a managing director and we talked about the mental health. I'm not a managing director though. We have a managing director. We have a managing oh, there's director. There's a CEO sitting there in the <laughs> okay. office beside her. No, okay. I'm, 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 I'm part of the management group, yeah. the senior executive group. Yeah. Uh, so I have, uh, have some responsibilities in that part, but I'm, yeah. not, okay. I'm not the CEO. Okay, that's, that's good that you corrected that. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, someone, the managing director would have sent yeah. this. Uh, no, I don't think the he video would be. Like, he would, he like, would, what were you saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he wouldn't exactly, say that, yeah. And good that you corrected that. But, but. Uh, you're involved in the strategy sure. with people at Vitec, yeah. one of the largest uh, construction uh, companies in the Nordics. Mm. Uh, mental health in the workplace, do you think we're changing? Do you think we're realizing the importance of it and how it relates to true business outcomes? Yeah, I think I think we're just on the verge of, of, uh, of uh, a big transformation in that part. I think 
I think the work we're doing now on, on diversity, regardless of which sort of diversity, whether or not it's, it's gender or it's other sorts of diversity, I think I think we're we're just starting that 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 journey, mm-hmm. and which is very very pleasing to see. And I think that that uh, uh, the openness about mental health or or neurodiversity and and that sort of thing is is is, is really coming up. Yeah. Um, so uh, hopefully, I, I mean, there's. I think I think what we've seen during the pandemic is that uh, that uh, the way we are working and the way we are treating our employees is is uh, is not exactly very sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think I read that in Grant say the other day that uh, if if you think that your employees need a vacation to kind of recharge, you're probably you're probably kind of taking too much out of them during the work time. They shouldn't mm. be they shouldn't be used their holidays to, to recharge. <laughs> they should use their holidays to celebrate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that 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 we've 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 treated employees and and and, and people that work in organizations in any any business as kind of drivers or like elements for growth or elements mm. for creating value. Yeah. I think you need to see them as, as people instead and seeing their potential and seeing mm. how they can actually contribute to a better society, a better kind of... So, so there, there's a lot of things mm. working there to make yeah. sure that, that uh, sustainable workplaces. And I've, I, I've said this many mm-hmm. times, I think we're now at a point where we, we've uh, accepted that people with mental uh, health issues can come to work and mm. we accept them with that yeah. sort of things. I think we need to start seeing uh, uh, businesses creating good mental health instead mm. and making sure that that's that's yeah. that's a uh, that's a result the, of, the, of, of the workplace. Then it makes business sense to have an active policy and how yeah. how what can we contribute yeah. to having mental health as good as we we can. Yeah, yeah it's it's strange yeah. to see that that uh, I mean if you if you look at some of the paradoxes here is that. Uh, yeah. You have Norwegians, uh, top management people going mm. and they're using their mental coach to make them go faster. Yeah. And then when they go into the workplace, they think that mental health is something that's a problem. <laughs> um, so mm. if you if you actually uh, ascribe to the part where where a mental trainer or someone mm. can, can actually mentally help you to go faster in then you should also see that yeah. some of the employees and, and most of the employees need that sort of coaching mm. uh, in their day-to-day life to make yeah. sure that their potential is met. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't couldn't agree more. Uh, looking back on your life, um, um, if you could change anything, uh, <laughs> w- would it, well, what would it be? <laughs> would you have gone to architect school? No, oh, I would have with your brother very bad architect. I think. No. no, I I think uh I think we end up where we are uh, based on a lot of kind of different factors. You you kind of you you choose your path through life uh some sort and and going back and regretting or thinking that could you didn't do anything different. Yeah. If I were to think one thing that I could do different is is uh, is actually doing something about my depression earlier than I did. Yeah. Uh, taking care of it and looking at it seriously once I um, had my first episodes um, and, 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 and doing the responsible thing mm. of actually seeking help. Yeah. It's good, good, that you, good that you say and share. Uh, I'm very happy that you did I, and I know it's inspired uh, a lot of people. Thank you. Including me. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs>